you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Cracking One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' When Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCAST, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week we preview and review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course our fellow critics and podcasters. The NOMCAST is available on NOMCASTPOD.com or wherever you get your podcasts, on the socials at NOMCASTPOD, and is a part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. I'm a Blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer and Blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent most of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This season, we'll put a shot to our system by covering Static Shock, the animated series on... Yet another DC animated podcast. Welcome to yet another episode, yet another DC animated podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I am Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was the year Hero Cruise, the superhero, debuted. (laughs) Is this this a Terry Crews superhero origin story? Please elaborate. Um, So apparently he was on a group of intergalactic ravers that featured hipsters and partiers from all over the galaxies. And he had a force field that protected him from most forms of physical assault. And he eventually lost his vest so i guess he was just a guy at one point <laughs> what the f- <laughs> <laughs> uh he premiered in 1996 so that's uh that's how it all comes full circle <laughs> okay and this is a movie right or um, is a- no this is a dc comics character <laughs> what? He, he first appeared in superboy and the ravers okay um all right so this will be added to our i guess our future crossover event with our forgotten entertainment family of forgotten dc character <laughs> yeah i because i have never heard of this guy and uh yeah it was either this or the green beetleborg as a black hero that premiered this year so i went with this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah this is much better especially because it's talking about a forgotten hero which is a theme of ours for this set of episodes as we are discussing the season three finale of the Static Shock series, where it's covering episodes 14 and 15 titled Flashback and Blast from the Past. And as an homage to one of the greatest time travel films of all time, we're calling this one Throwback to the Future. Ew. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love all this stuff that's about to come up right now. There's a lot of nostalgia and some things are definitely older than our deep cuts. So before we get into that, we got to talk about our main cast of Static as they are back, including some special guest stars as we have Terrence Stamp. He's joining the cast today. You know, he's played General Zod in the Reeves Superman films. He's joining us today as the voice of Dennis, a.k.a. Professor Menace, in our Blast from the Past episode. Next, we got this person. Her older brother basically changed the face of, like, Fox animation in the early 2000s. But she will later go on to voice Haley Smith. But right now, she is... Nina Crocker, a.k.a. Time Zone. We have Rachel McFarlane on the flashback episode for us today. Deep cut, deep cut. That was a deep cut. I had to, this is, I'm telling you, we're throwing it all the way back for all of these things, especially with this person here, Brock Peters, who's famous for his portrayal of Tom Robinson in the film To Kill a Mockingbird. He will later go on to voice Lucius Fox in the Batman, the animated series. But today he is voicing Morris Grant aka soul power in that and this is like one of his last roles in his life so and this is such an amazing role to be honest oh yeah this is this is a memorable role i'm glad he got to be a part of this one because it is he's really fun he's a really fun character 
and that and that soundtrack is fire. So oh god, yes. <laughs> and last but not least, we have Alfre Woodard, who you know her as Mariah Dillard in the Luke Cage series, and also her role in Twelve Years of Slave, Clemency, and also Annabelle. Like the list goes on and on. She the double work in the MCU, to be honest. But before all that, you can find it here in this episode called Flashback as Jean Hawkins, Virgil's late mother. Mm, yeah, she's she is so talented. She can play it all. And this is uh, one of my favorite of her superhero roles. No shade to Mariah or the random woman that comes up to Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah, but right now we got to focus back in on the DC world because we're starting off with flashback as we open up to a really chaotic scene in Dakota, uh, which we find out is actually from five years ago during the Dakota timeline that we're currently in. So this there's a lot of time travel confusion here, y'all. Just going to point that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We would definitely want to get the timeline straight. And they firmly established that in this world, five years prior to the current events of the series, a blackout combined with gang riots at the same time created a hellish Dakota environment. So Gene Hawkins, who was a, an emergency paramedic, was out and about that night trying to do what she could to keep people safe. And unfortunately, we discovered that she was hit by a stray gunshot at some point in the night and died that night. Yeah. And we jump back to the future here to this is a recount given to us by Shelly Sandoval, who is now at either a like near the Capitol Center, the Capitol in Dakota or kind of like near a park where they're discussing now that they've erected a statue honoring the heroes that lost their lives on that night. And one person right in the middle of the statue is Jean Hawkins, as she's surrounded by a lot of other uh, first responders. And the first person we turn to now are the Hawkins family as they're interviewing Robert to talk about Jean and her impact that she's had basically um, during her whole time as a first responder and the legacy that she leaves behind now. Yes. And as a as a cute joke to break up the heaviness of this this opening sequence, we do get Sharon saying, Dad, maybe you should get your own TV series. And it's like, nope, the wrong <laughs> Hawkins. We know who has it. And as they're trying to sit on the couch and just spend the time as a family together, Virgil, which is in character for him when it comes to issues with his mother, he just doesn't really want to be around it. He uses homework as an excuse, but Robert instantly recognizes that Virgil is still struggling to accept that his mother is gone and in Virgil's just eagerness to get away from it, he decides to go chill out on a clock as one does, you know, and a little foreshadowing, but also he's just hanging out on the clock when Richie comes by. I do love this scene because it does feel that Richie, although he's they're both dressed up in their um, in their suits. But Richie, it seems, is coming over more of as a friend rather than checking in on his teammate. And as they're talking, this is when Richie says that, you know, it was really cool to see that your mother now has a statue and it was a really great service. And this is when Virgil gets really real about it, because we first experienced Virgil and his emotions dealing with his mother back in the season finale from the first season. And now Virgil shares with us that, you know, it's been so much, so much has gone on, so much of his life has passed by that he's getting to the point where he probably doesn't even remember anything about her, which is a typical thing to hear from someone who has lost somebody, especially when it's been a long period of time like this. And it's not just a comic book story. Like one of the first things I thought of was like, there's a, um, animated series of the Avengers actually where Captain America talks about how he doesn't remember what his mother looks like either and given that time that was like 100 years for Static right now it's like it's only been like maybe five since he last saw his mother so to hear that from someone who's so young and especially at this point his age and at this point of his career it's like really sad yeah it's an accurate uh, depiction of grief and that you know that that you forget little aspects at different times and he has limited access to memory i mean we're lucky to live in a time where 
there's videos of literally everything. So we'll probably have an easier time recalling some things. But for static, it's not so easy. You know, there's some VHSs and stuff, but that still is not really enough for him. So this day hits hard and he has to hit hard, too, because Yvonne just showed up. And she he's chasing this new girl, Nina. Yeah. And this is such a wild scene because we have no idea really what's going on. All we know is that Nina's being chased and and Ebon's just telling her that, like, you're not going to get away with get away from me as Static and Gear jump in to save the day. Static's able to kind of talk a little bit while he's um, throwing some some energy shots at him gear takes this as an opportunity to go and save the girl as Ebon drops her at one point. And as they are just basically trying to stop Ebon while also getting this girl to a safe distance, this is when we see that her eyes start glowing and gear immediately recognizes that she has to be a bang baby. And this is why Ebon's chasing after her. But then at that moment, they all get caught in this bubble after, well, except for Ebon, who got like the one-two combo from Static real quick. Ebon is outside seeing as Gear, Static, and this girl are all trapped in this like energy electrical field bubble as time now just basically reverses all around them. The clock tower even, they see we see it goes by by like a couple about 10 minutes or so we see cars passing by in the opposite direction we see the the attack all the events of the attack are being resorted back out to what their original status was and then at that moment the girl finally kind of faints or passes out not to the point but really quickly she pops right back up but just to the point where her powers just stop yeah and unfortunately the traveling back in time can't travel back and erase the puns that they exchange because at one point they get thrown into a dumpster Ebon says something about one man's trash another man's treasure that <laughs> water gets it from a fire hydrant and they're like you want a nice shower it's come on guys what with the puns let's 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 chill let's let's bring it back <laughs> so as you as you might expect from the thematic of the episode once Virgil realizes that Nina has the ability to kind of go back in time you know he starts putting the pieces together about what is possible with with time and richie of course reminds him that there are time paradoxes and shenanigans to worry about so richie is kind of trying to keep a lid on this and we also find out that ebon his whole his whole incentive for time traveling is to avoid cops (laughs) just like bro the possibilities are endless except for you i guess like what the things I would have already thought of, and he's just like, oh, I want to avoid the cops. And it's just like, you could just do that by not committing crime. <laughs> yeah, you could save civil rights leaders and slavery, get Apple stock, and you, you're like, let me just avoid cops. Come on, Ivan. We took a little <laughs> bit more from you. So eventually, Richie is able to make a time travel remote. Yes, this is just like Click. And I'm going to ask Adam Sandler if he stole... The idea for click. Oh shit! It is like click. (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) It's a time traveling remote. It's the same thing. The exact same thing. I already had issues with the remote, but this makes it even so much worse. Yeah. So I don't know. We just know Richie through the remote says you can control her time travel field or whatever we're going with for the quantum explanation of time travel and i do like that once virgil realizes they can go back to the night of the blackout he starts looking and sounding a lot like flash trying to go back in time <laughs> yep. <and his> mom <laughs> by screwing everybody over because they're like oh you know paradoxes whatever we could figure it out so they decide yeah they're gonna go through with it they're gonna go back five years but unfortunately they have a little bit of a guess with them yep because at that moment ebon he tracks Static at one point and is able to see that they're all talking. He, he overhears everything about the remote, so he grabs it. But at that moment, Static, in his desperation to try to go back in time and save his mom, he sends off an electrical blast at the remote, causing the circuits to heat up and fry out a little bit. 
And this is when Gears just like, no, you can't do that because what will happen is that it will send it into overdrive. And my first question to Gear is, why did you not make it out of ceramic like the guy, like Specs and Trapper did with the album machine? Like this just seems like a red flag to have it be so susceptible to electrical blast. Yeah, you ha- your best friend is an electric monster, essentially. So it's like, why would you ever <laughs> get that remote anywhere near him? Is beyond me, and we know this thing probably runs on double A's or something. Oh yeah, definitely. So, or triple A's. You know, the hardest one is to find. That's true. At least not D batteries. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so now Virgil is thrust back into time with Richie and Yvonne and Nina's new name, Time Zone. I'll give it to him. Yeah, I like it. I did like it. I did. <laughs> it flowed. It made sense. I, for the first time, I was like, "No push, no kick, <laughs> no, no spectral. We got a we got a good name here." And upon going back to the past, Virgil almost immediately ignores the first rule of time travel and goes and exposes his identity to his mother, and tries to, in his effort to save her from some debris, some fallen debris, he takes her to a ceiling to a roof away from the fight and says hey i'm here i'm from the future here i am so now this begins basically static point uh which is now what i'm gonna call it because this was a this was this went from zero to 60 so fast like i just don't understand so as static is talking to his mom they have a really nice moment there and she's just expressing how proud of him she is and is quickly interrupted, though, by Gear calling up Static on the shock boss, letting him know that he has not only found Alpha Industries, which was in Dakota about five years ago, but now Ebon has captured Time Zone and has her in a truck, and they quickly deduce that this truck must obviously be filled with some bang baby gas, and they realize that maybe what Ebon's plan is is to drive the gas into the main like central hub of where the the riots are and transform every single person that is currently outside into a bang baby that he will now have five years of time to take over and control and really run dakota this was a better time travel plan i'll give yvonne that yeah i i get i get what he's going for i mean there is a lot of room for that to go wrong exactly. in so many ways. <laughs> I mean, so like he's lucky to have his little bang baby gang, mm-hmm. but like he has no idea how that would ripple out and affect his own creation. If the gas went out earlier, like Ivan didn't think this through again, these are kids. So unlike in our last episode where we had to criticize all the adult plans, Ivan's <laughs> young enough where I, I can believe he legitimately didn't think of this. He was just thinking of more power, more muscle, that kind of thing. So Virgil obviously needs to stop Big Bang 2.0. That was before the original one. Is it 2.0? The prequel bang? No. Yeah, I was like, this is time travel, y'all. Time travel is confusing. (laughs) It's all all in a weird timey-wimey ball. And so... Before he leaves his mother, he again encourages her to chill for the night, stay low, keep her head down. And she imparts that he's she's incredibly proud of him and proud of the man that he's become and that he's a hero. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they both get a sweet moment of bonding. And as Virgil flies away. The mother, his mother gets another call and see of someone in distress another kid in distress and it's heavily implied that she just has to go where the call is yeah so now gear is chasing after the truck he uses a zap cap to tangle up the wheels which honestly was the most dangerous scenario that i can think of in order to stop this truck because the brakes hit so hard, I was like 90% sure it was going to tip over. But instead, it crashes into a gas station. The gas station. So it's now clear, if based off of one set of time travel rules, 
gear is the reason why the abandoned the gas station of solitude is abandoned so <laughs> now that they figure that out static swoops in he goes he tangles up with ebon and gear is able to save time zone but they find out that ebon still has the remote in his pocket or or the vest that he wears so uh gear calls that out to static and static is able to take the remote using the elect his electrical energy once again which part of me is just like did we not learn from like 10 seconds ago not to do this so he takes the remote and is able to send it on over to gear who starts programming it or realizes in that moment that like whatever they have to do wherever they need to go they need to get back now because this remote is about to blow the gas is about to blow because it's next to the um the truck is next to the burning down gas station. So they're afraid that this might actually just stop, um, won't work if they don't get out in time. But now Static just has to do the one thing he can do. And that's just to shock Ebon to the point where it just knocks him out as he himself heads into the bubble. Yeah, that key blast he fires is <laughs> crucial here because it does take down Ebon long enough. And as the time travel starts starts to go into motion Virgil does see that his mom is out on the street still trying to help people and that's the last image he sees he's horrified to see that his mother still didn't heed his warning and is still out on the street and he sees her one last time before they travel back to present day and at this point he does wonder he does wonder, like, did he change anything? Did he manage to alter the time-space continuum? And upon getting home, he realizes, sadly, he did not. That the events have... St- his mother has still passed away. And this invites him to have another conversation with his father. Yeah, and I loved this conversation. It was at this moment in this conversation that I was just like, Robert Hawkins really just... They did such a great job in this dialogue because... As Virgil is just frustrated and upset about once again not being able to enjoy his life with his mother alive, Robert shares with him that, you know, she knew what her responsibilities were. So, you know, she would have been upset with herself if she didn't go out there and try to save as many people as she could. And what's even more important is that she, her love has always been a part of their lives because he now shares that after i guess this is the again that virgil's impact did have a change because when he shares that when jean came down from the roof and met back up with her team um, her team was saying that she couldn't stop talking about her son her son who grew up to be so good to grow up to be such an amazing superhero like she just basically kept calling him her superhero and to them it didn't really make any sense so it just kept traveling along there through time and space that of the impact that Virgil had on his mother at this current stage and that's just enough to give him some comfort and solace over the fact of once again losing his mother yeah and it's you know it's been a while since we had a good Robert Virgil speech but this is another good one just a reminder that generationally they're both heroes they're both heroic got that instinct from both his parents to mm-hmm. just step up and do the right thing. And I will say too, I was just going to be on the, it was raining in my, my apartment when I saw that scene. And you got to fix that leak, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so after we have this emotional speech, we go back to Richie and Virgil meeting up with Nina, uh, seeing Nina from a distance. And Nina had decided earlier to travel back in time to prevent herself from getting time travel powers, which that's a huge paradox. (laughs) It's a real, real bad paradox. Uh, It does kind of imply that I guess time travelers are immune from the effects of time travel, which I guess makes sense a little bit. I mean, luckily, Richie tells not only Virgil, but us to don't worry about it, because honestly, you'll just have it'll just make your head explode trying to think it through. 
And it indeed, because I I just could not figure out what time travel they were doing. Like, clearly, they're doing a version of time travel where you're, you can have an effect on the past, but maybe you always did. It's Mm -hmm. unclear. I mean, there's definitely some elements of flash time travel because I'll just say spoilers in case you're, you know, you haven't watched any part of like seasons one or two of these of the so far eight season series or any uh, flash media at all <laughs> exactly they by traveling back you do have i guess yeah you're right like the time traveler would have some idea about what went down but how many people were affected by it is unclear so i guess it's also a little bit of legends of tomorrow also um because i'm also thinking with flash like you're former the self that knew about the moment disappears but then does that do you disappear because then it would have been that static and Rick gear would have also disappeared it's so that's what i'm saying that maybe they have like more legends of tomorrow rules for static and gear and then nita had more flash rules yeah i think they were yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's richie gave us the best advice we can't think too hard about it because the it don't make no sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, especially we can't. We don't need to think about it because we have another great episode already lined up with Blast from the Past, and thankfully there is no time travel here. Nope, just straight up. Well, for uh, a second, maybe. For, yeah, Very technically. yeah. We just have more. We were too distracted by soul power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this one we open up to now. Virgil's reading a comic to a bunch of senior citizens at a retirement home, and I gotta admit, this is a. That's a nice thing to do. Like, I I should probably look into doing that. Or when I get older, somebody out there, I want somebody to read me some comics because the way that this whole room was just enthralled by what was going on. Like, there was even a woman in the background knitting like, oh, shit, that's what happened? Yeah, it's like when you're older, someone come and read you Long Halloween every panel. <laughs> I want it panel by panel. And I want you, I want descriptive imagery too. <laughs> So here we get introduced to Morris Grant and Dennis. Uh, there are these two elderly men who are debating about the superhero in the comic book, Soul Power. Morris Grant is basically just feeling this entire comic. Dennis is just like he's hoping for the one day that uh, Soul Power gets like, you know, gets it coming to him. But Virgil really does not want to be there. And as he's talking this is when uh, Mr. Grant is basically telling him to just, and I love this here because it was just like, he starts telling him that like, you got to just keep on reading the comic and throwing some 60s style with it too. Like, you know, that's when those were the good old days. Cause you know, back in my day, the threads were finer, the cars were faster and the girls were foxy. Yeah. We know what's on this guy's mind. <laughs> oh yeah. Somebody lock up the medicine cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> but as Virgil is uh justifiably disgusted by all of this talk he's so young he's so young he decides to go and check out the tv and he sees that the dakota museum of technology sure yeah is being <laughs> robbed by these robots and he decides to go up to the roof and get changed but for some reason he decides to turn around without <laughs> his mask when someone follows him and it's real that it's the old man but not just any old man this is soul power. Yes, which is really surprising to hear because I was just like, what they made comics after this man. Like this is this this is kind of crazy. I just thought he was a fictional character, soul power, but he's here. You know, he's not the Lone Ranger. Um, he uh he reveals that he knew that Virgil was static from the very first day that they met because he was able to sense the electrical field around him. And this is where we learned that unlike the Bang Babies, uh, Soul Power got his abilities after some Jive Turkeys were trying to mess with the Hoover Dam. I am quoting this line for line. (laughs) Some Jive Turkeys were trying to mess with the Hoover Dam. So he jumped in and during the explosion, he got hit by all the power and he turned into the hero with the power of 10 turbines. And he's been saving Dakota since the 60s, y'all. Yeah, apparently he retired a long time ago, because we've never heard about him. <laughs> right? Where did he... Also, why was there no record of any superhero before the Big Bang? 
Yeah, you would think you would think so. Like Icon probably knows this, knows them. So the reason why Soul Power decided to come out of retirement is because the his old foe, Professor Menace, used to use robots like the one at the museum. So he figures now it's time to jump back in. So Static and Soul Power travel, and I absolutely love this. That while Static is on the disc and he's like comfortable on the disc, Soul Power is like, we used to surf the phone line, the electric lines to get around. <laughs> Which it's like, I hope the electric lines were all where crimes were because <laughs> I, I don't know what you do otherwise. Walk. <laughs> yeah, but this is when Soul Power kind of gives him some some words about like how his final fight went down with this guy uh professor menace so he was saying that during this fight they were throwing blow for blow and then there was an explosion that caused them to both be taken out but soul power um when he came back to observe what was going on he didn't find any trace of professor menace so he just assumed that professor menace was killed in the blast and this is when he decided to hang up his afro pick and he then goes over to like basically just lives a normal life and stag is just amazed by the story but then gets distracted as now soul power decides to slide across the the electrical lines as he did back in the day because it's a lot fat i gotta admit the way he was moving i was just like this man got there a lot faster than static did on the flying disc as they both end up at the uh, museum of technology to face off against the robots that were built better than Richie's time travel remote. These robots are incredibly tough because even though Static is like, I could knock this out in five minutes. Not so, Mr. Static, because these robots were designed to absorb his electric attacks and even reflect them back. So now, without his electric attacks being 100% effective, it's time for Static's shocking scene of destruction as he rips apart (laughs) Dakota... To throw items at these robots that in hopes of stopping them. And my dude, chill with this. Like you destroyed like a city block to take out like four robots, maybe. One of these days, we're going to find out that Static is in the hand. It's like he like someone's paying Static to to do all this stuff, to, to just basically get some construction going on in Dakota. Oh, yeah, there's some big insurance payouts. There's a big scheme going on here. Static, the hero of the people. So unfortunately now for Static, he can't handle the big one that pops up, this big robot that immediately starts to drain his powers. So luckily for him, though, he's got some backup because now it's time for a little soul power here. As we see Mr. Grant basically pull off his own Super Saiyan power up. Oh, yeah. He he did like the, the Kaioken times. Yo! Right <laughs> My dude just basically said he man who and grabbed onto one of the manhole covers. And he's just like pummeling this robot. He's giving it like the one two combo like Darkseid was getting in the last movie from Apocalypse War. And luckily, though, um, he's able to save Static and pull him out. But then he does take a moment to try to reason with the robot, I guess, because uh, I guess he's assuming that Professor Menace at some point is nearby manipulating it. And as he's talking to it, this is when Professor Menace reveals his face on the robot and also the fact that he's been unaged at all from the passes of time. Yeah, he did a traditional boring time travel, which is cryogenically freezing yourself and then just waking up at a different time period. <laughs> <laughs> and he is ready to go. He's he's still young. He's still ready to take out Soul Power. And honestly, he has the stuff because one of his robots does manage to take Soul Power out and capture Static at the same time. Luckily, Static, by loosening a wrecking ball that must have cost at least thousands of taxpayer dollars, is able to <laughs> free them both and get them to safety. But despite this nice victory the static really doesn't like this soul power team up yeah uh soul power once again there's a phrase a, ter- a name that soul power keeps calling static he keeps calling him sparky and even back when at the retirement home like before the whole discovery and everything 
And Static just does not like this name. He doesn't like the fact he's being called Sparky. He doesn't like the fact that having a team up with Soul Power, especially because it led to him getting a really bad beatdown, which in all fairness, Static, you were not going to be helpful at all, given the fact you had no idea about how to take down these robots. You were taken out basically in round one. So I feel like you definitely need a little soul power to help you out here. Yeah, Static clearly just hates team ups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Between this and uh, what was Shebang. her name? Shebang. Yeah, he just hates team ups if they're not A listers. Like mm-hmm. you need to be at least Justice League level if you're Rubber Band <laughs> Man. If you're Shebang, Static wants no part of you. Richie only gets a pass because he makes all of his tech. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's he's grandfathered in, but not this grandfather. <laughs> So not this grandfather. <laughs> wordplay, <laughs> That's a good one. I, I'm ready for Yvonne now. <laughs> so Static, in trying to learn a little bit more about Soul Power, he watches an old Soul Power video reel that a, his father apparently has had this entire time. <laughs> and we see that Soul Power was the quote-unquote Static of his day. And every time he would solve a crime, he'd do a soul power dance at the end <laughs> with some of the greatest animation. Oh, my gosh. Show. Yeah, it was. It really. Robert Hawkins showed us that he got them these like Megan. Yo. <laughs> like, he, was, <laughs> he was getting low. <laughs> and the other thing, too, is that, um, you know, seeing this and hearing that soul power was like this, basically this person. And it does make me question again. If Robert had the video footage proving that Soul Power was real, how come no one has any record of Soul Power in Dakota? It can't just be comic books. There's got to be like at least a task force or, or, or something in the paperwork. I guess he was active for maybe like a year. <laughs> maybe he was active for like a year or, or like maybe a week. And then people were like, that was weird. Anyway, <laughs> who's the Superman fella? So... I think uh, it, it, it's a weird, it's again, like the time travel episode, you can't think about the timeline too much, but clearly he's made a difference. And Static decides, all right, has not much of a choice but to work with him. So he and Soul Power travel to the power pad. <laughs> hey, look, just like Soul Power said, is a lot better than the abandoned gas, gas station of Solitude, okay? <laughs> That's fair enough. Better interior design, horrible name. And Soul Power reveals at this point, drops a couple of great nuggets here. So he reveals he used to have a sidekick named Sparky, that he, Menace, his enemy Menace had a weather machine that was capable of devastating Dakota. And he has a soul mobile ready Mm -hmm. to charge into (laughs) any battle. (laughs) I love this because it puts it's the flyest mode of transportation on four wheels. It had a little black power sign on the front. And then I don't know what kind of radio system it had, but I'm pretty sure it was bumping and it all ran on his power. So even though it looks like a clunker to static, they get to everywhere they need to get to pretty fast as they head on over to the office of Phil Rollins, who is probably the even bigger fan of soul power than Virgil's dad is as they are going back and forth. Now, unfortunately, uh, Phil owns a bunch of satellites or runs a company that has access to a bunch of satellites. So soul power is asking him to basically give him access so that he can find out one where professor menace could be located. And two, just really kind of to find out where maybe where this machine may be located because it can be devastating and they're really worried that it could be this weather machine coming back up that could really destroy Dakota. But we learned that the biggest threat to Dakota and to Soul Power and Static's um, main plan is security clearance because Phil Rollins refuses to give them access to the card that would allow them to track into the satellites. Yeah, and as they are leaving, you know, they're, they're like, oh, maybe we hit a dead end. But Soul Power says, you know, sometimes static electricity just causes things to stick like this security card. And (laughs) it's a funny moment that earns some respect from Virgil. Uh, You know, he loves that petty theft. And 
what they are able to access the satellites to try to figure out where the weather machine might be activated, leading to a great line where in order while they're narrowing it down, Soul Power is like, is it this place or this place? And Virgil's like, nah, most of that stuff is global warming. <laughs> My dude. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. So they they do find the location and they immediately go off in the Soulmobile in an effort to stop the Professor Menace once and for all. Yeah, they find themselves flying out over to the Dakota Hills and they're immediately captured. <laughs> like pretty, pretty immediately. Yeah, like on site. <laughs> so Professor Menace reveals that this is a perfect opportunity to get the last thing that he needed to power up his machine, which is the power that Soul Power and Static have combined, as he's now turned them into two AA batteries for his machine. And this is where all seems lost because earlier in the episode, um, Static does find out that Soul Power has this device as a power amplifier, but because of the age, he's a little worried that maybe it actually might short him out and fry him. So instead, he uses it on the the thing that has him held up, which is like these mechanical arms, and is able to short out the arms, and he's able to free Soul Power. But now Soul Power is just sad and down on his luck, saying that like you know maybe he is too old for this. Like he basically provided the energy necessary for Professor Menace to take over Dakota by giving him the power of this machine, and there's nothing that he can do. But luckily, they have a friend that just pops up. Because Soul Power sees that his good old friend Phil Rollins comes in. We don't know how, but he's here to cheer him up. He's here with the inspirational speech. But then we find out that he's also here to recharge him. Yes, Phil Rollins is indeed Sparky. And I do like how uh, they did mention, like, did he have meta powers too? And it's revealed that he has a suit that Mm -hmm. can generate an electric field. So kind of akin to Black Lightning, whereas Black Lightning suit helps him more channel his powers mm-hmm. in some continuities. We have the opposite where the, the suit generates the powers, which I think is a really nice little twist. And now that we have three electrically charged people, I mean, <laughs> screw Rick, Richie, I guess, on this mission. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, uh, where is gear? This one's of the brothers guy. <laughs> so the three of them realize that the base of operations is underneath the retirement home static in showing continued blatant disregard for any structure in Dakota blasts a hole through a wall revealing <laughs> the secret base of professor menace. And now with the soul power theme blaring is three versus three, the three electric brothers versus some robots. Yeah, and Static and Sparky quickly are taking down the robots as Soul Power faces off against his mortal enemy. As now we get basically kind of like with our last episode, the Dragon Ball Z Budokai energy battle, where Soul Power and Professor Menace are shooting against each other. Professor Menace sends off his strongest I-beam blast, and uh, Soul Power is using his electrical powers as a field to defend it, while also sending off his own blast. And this is where Static and Sparky decide to channel their inner Goku and provide soul power, just enough energy to Gohan up and take out Professor Menace once and for all. And it's at this point we get a interesting review <laughs> reveal where so it turns out that uh, in this interesting reveal that the old man at the beginning who was there reading the comics and was like soul power sucks, essentially, mm-hmm. was the mastermind he was professor menace this entire time and he didn't cryogenically freeze himself he just used some kind of image inducing device to make himself appear young to throw soul power off his game i guess (laughs) it's a real real roundabout way of doing it um but he did it (laughs) but this is the end for this old man He's not getting any more pudding at the retirement home. He's going straight <laughs> to jail. And in this, after taking him down, this sparks mutual <laughs> sparks mutual respect <laughs> between Virgil and 
Soul Power. Yeah, and this is when Soul Power decides he is hanging up the the costume and the uh, and the the Soul Medallion, this Lightning Bolt Medallion for good. And before he goes, Virgil asks for one last thing, and this is what closes our episode. He asks to be taught the soul, the funky fresh Soul Power dance as the two end the episode dancing together, now making this the second dance routine that DC has provided us that we now need to learn. Looking at you, Peacemaker, we're still going to get it done. Do not worry. No matter how many years. Exactly. <laughs> hey, I mean, if, if Soul Power could be in that, it could be active for all these years, hey, we could, we, it's good to give us some time to learn this dance. But now that was the last two episodes of the season three se- season of Static Shock. And also for our episode here. Uh, so if you had to gauge this based off of our two episodes, which one sparks, you know, life into you as a, one of the best static episodes and which one kind of, you know, I guess kind of grounds you out like static's been hit by water. <laughs> I mean, these are fortunately. This was a solid week. You know, mm. static is these are not the B episodes of static. You know, they really brought their a game for these and they both have such great merits i i think it was great to get some payoff for the uh virgil and gene hawkins storyline and this whole power was a fun romp uh i think in the end is soul power kind of just barely got it for me and i think what the the big determining factor here was when you have the opportunity for Virgil to go back in time and meet his mom, I did love that they had a conversation. And I thought that was really beautiful. But I did feel it was surprisingly short, the, his interaction in time with Gene. I, I thought for such a setup that has been built up for so long, I thought they would give it a little bit more space to breathe, like mm-hmm. they have traditionally done for other episodes and other plot lines. I felt that her him and hers conversation was kind of rushed a little bit. Ebon's plan was rushed. <laughs> it was hilariously like kind of out of character for Ebon to be a little short-sighted here. So, and the time travel made no sense. So I think <laughs> on the surface level, you know, the episode is, is a really solid episode. It's really great. You think about it too long. It starts of some parts don't seem so strong whereas i think soul power knows what it is it's a fun blast from the past it really has fun with the characters and i do love this generational uh message of black superheroes and black superheroes heroism that i think blast from the past was a flashback was going for that that like generational black heroes Mm -hmm. but i think soul power kind of nailed it by saying you know you could retire you could move into a business and own your own satellite company you can still be young and going for it but what matters most is that you contribute you do something and you give back to the community even if you destroy it a little bit uh that you give back to it and i i think uh it was fun good message and uh that soul power theme i what can i say i'm a sucker for a good theme and dance number <laughs> soul power soul power it's it's the one thing i remember i still remember exactly how that song goes even from when it first premiered there like that's something that <laughs> sticks in your head uh man with that i don't <laughs> how do i top that that's a really good <laughs> review man <laughs> uh but I, I am in agreement um Blast from the Past, the Soul Power episode, did kind of lead the front for me. I thought both episodes had a really impactful message. And, you know, not only just for the what they're trying to share out, but also just the impact that it had on Static. The only reason why I couldn't give it to Flashback is, again, the time travel rules got really complicated. Things seemed rushed. Um, you know, like I felt like, again, we could have had some more time with... Uh, with Virgil and his mom talking, like Virgil and Gene, that con- that's a conversation we've been waiting for for, for three years in, based off of the series. So to not have it at all, or really just to be kind of like a rehashing of everything that's already happened and their emotions there, it did ha- give some solace to the fact that like she did share that she's proud of him, but I wish there was a little bit more. Also, I just had some issues with like time and placement on things. Like 
it seems weird that they, they had viable bang baby gas already all set like five years ago because that really does question a lot of things because like that means that when Virgil first lost his mom it would have been three years prior to when he turned into static which would probably make him like somewhere between nine to eleven if he was supposed to be like 14 mm-hmm. um and like I hear what they were saying in the episode it's just like that's like he didn't get as much time as like Sharon and Robert had with her but at the same time I think it just got really confusing with the timelines because it just like Virgil it made it seem like Virgil had to be really young to not know anything about his mom um and also that like the fact that Nina started exhibiting her abilities only basically like two years after she got them that all that seems a little weird and I felt like wasn't the storytelling for that really wasn't as tight as they thought it could be. Yeah, I felt like there was a. I know it's a kid show, but I am I'm always very critical of time travel narratives for Agreed, cohesion yeah. because if you're gonna do it, you got to make sure it's internally sound. And to me, it almost would have made sense, more sense, if Static and Ebon showing up during the riots inspired alva to create the gas to kind of yes. well the riots in the future and that's what indirectly gave them the big bang and that's what circled it all together um so maybe it was like a prototype gas or something like that would have been would have been a more interesting route to kind of bring everything full circle mm-hmm. um and again i have no i like ebon's plan to me it would have made a thousand times more sense for Ebon to just want to stay there five years in the past and take over Dakota because he'd be virtually unopposed by any other bang baby so yeah I think that would have been an interesting thing if he just wanted to travel back and just try to carve out an empire create a gang that night from dirt from the riots because literally nobody had the capability to stop him back then I think that would have been a more interesting turn and plan for him to, to embark on instead of let me make a bunch of potential enemies and <laughs> 80 more statics by making a bigger big bang yeah agreed and also just him finding the gas didn't really make much sense to me like i wish they kind of show the scene in which um ebon and maybe time zone happen to be put into alva industries it's like that's where they popped up and then that's how they found out about the gas like, we completely forgot about Ebon once Static started talking to his mom. Like, I, it just didn't make sense for that they were able to find that gas, know exactly what it was, and then he knew this was the course of action for his plan. It, it, to me, just that part didn't really make sense. Yeah, exactly. Just a lot of, a lot of narrative holes in what should be fairly straightforward story. It, it surprisingly has a lot of things where, like, you really can't think about it too much. Right. Also, one last thing I did have to think about a lot, though. Why was Time Zone's powers controlled by a remote control? Like, if, if she happened to lose the remote control, as I'm pretty sure we've all done throughout history, would she be able to access her power? Right. Yeah, they never said that it stabilized her powers, just that she could control them. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it really solved any her, her problems <laughs> it didn't. especially because what if someone else took it like as richie did and was just controlling her you basically took away all her agency there bro yeah she was literally just a time travel device and nothing more well that was our basically our impromptu arte alteration oh of yes the entire episode of flashback so as we went through that story, uh, we're now going to talk about some comic book stories as you drop that comic book knowledge. In this one, our main comic book connection is Soul Power. Soul Power is not a comic book character, unfortunately. No! <laughs> I would have loved to have read the entire run of Soul Power, though. I would definitely have added that 60s style to it. Um, but... Soul Power, the character of Morris Grant, um, you know, you can already hear the name inspiration a little bit there, was 
created for TV mainly because we couldn't get the other electrical superhero in the DC universe, Black Lightning. That makes so much sense because he was right there. <laughs> He's right there just waiting. So I, there's not much that I can just share about this except for like the little um, the issue that came out of it was that we they wanted to include Black Lightning. And even if you look at the style that uh, Soul Power had back in the old footage and his comics, we had that afro and that uh, very deep V-neck cut sweater or shirt. Um, that is basically Black Lightning just with a different color, like color design. And the only reason why we couldn't get Black Lightning is because DC, unfortunately, was not willing to lease out the character for this episode. And even though there were several plans to create this um, this bond between the two characters, given the fact that both of these characters are so alike in so many ways, not only just based on their powers, but also their stories and just like the communities that they're serving. Yeah, to this day, I still am hungry for that Black Lightning static real team up partnership that mm-hmm. is only Young Justice scratch the surface like barely like barely an appetizer and i and i was hoping somehow on black lightning it would happen on the tv show before the end but it didn't so i'm still hungry for a black lightning static team up mentorship episode give me something with these two already yeah and it's right there you're right like we 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 want this it is you know, there are so many jokes that people have made about this bond that like we just at this point, we just need to see it happen. It's not hard at that point, because, again, Black Lightning um, just touched the surface of it within the Young Justice episode. And, you know, like we got that time jump where now it seems that they have there's been some mentorship there, but now they're their own separate heroes. But the only reason that we haven't been able to get this is because DC seems doesn't want to pay the black lightning creators at that time at that time i'm pretty sure it's a very much different scenario now but at that time they didn't want to pay the black right black lightning creators um tony isabella and trevor von eden for the use of the character in this episode now before people get up in the uproar it's like oh no dc how could you this is a common thing that does happen within comic book media there's been a lot of times and a lot of issues with which um big companies like this unfortunately either have delayed the payment of um, the use of characters in their, in their media. Like I'm just speaking about um, Winter Soldier, Soldier with Mar- uh, Marvel and Disney and the whole situation with Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting. So it's not uncommon for this to happen. Our heroes have bounced around through the ages like, and it's very hard right now to get a lot of them back under one house. But fortunately, we're getting to a point where a lot of these characters are being recognized as creations from these big corporations and these big um comic um, places so you know we will get them all back and be able to have that full clear concise storytelling that we wanted and be able to see them come to life but in the meantime i'm very glad that we got a chance to create a character like soul power and sparky to some extent i just thought it was you know sparky was meh to me just because he wasn't in the episode as much but soul power has such a a crazy impact on us yeah you know maybe one day you know for halloween kids maybe think about going to soul power and sparky and watching everybody be extremely confused but <laughs> you'll have the most obscure halloween costume i guarantee you and you will also earn our respect so just letting you know that you will earn our forever respect for that <laughs> And the last thing I got is just that it's not comic book knowledge, but it's just real world knowledge. It's just the riots. Like these riots that we saw in Dakota are very reminiscent of the 1992 LA riots following the verdict of the Rodney King trial. So it is not uncommon to see civil unrest kind of happen here. In this case, it just happened because of the um, the, the power outage, which is also not uncommon. So, but I think the fact of the, the way that they discussed it and the um, the way that they were talking about the impact that the first responders had on it. I saw a lot of elements of um, trying to bring back the community in the same way that we kind of saw with the LA riots, the aftermath of that. It does uh, put new context to the series as, you know, if you have a, an incident where 
tons of people are injured or or you know or lose their lives that's going to ripple out on the neighborhood and affect the neighborhood long term and make things hard to recover from so having this as a basis for what Dakota is now makes a lot of sense why we get a lot of people who are coming in from difficult situations or are lashing out you know if this is the foundation and they get here it makes complete sense so it's it's a re- it's a good way to expand the lore and to bring in real life events and, and real life um, issues as static is always so good at doing. Agreed, agreed. Because this is these are the things that we love about the comic books world. There's so much great social commentary here, and I'm just using the LA riots here as an example of something that's pulling from. But there have been a lot of other moments, as you know, you were just saying that this could be related to. So. You know, see the way that they've built and moved on, move forward in these cases. And this, you know, this world doesn't have to be fictional. There are so many great elements of it that we can bring into our society nowadays. But I am glad that we have great ways like this to um, to bring back and really connect our history so that we don't lose that. All right. Well, that's it for our episode that wraps up season three of Static Shock. We'll be back very soon with uh, season four in the last season of Static Shock, which is going to be crazy because we're going to see a lot of like knots being tied up, some T's being crossed, some I's being dotted. So I am very excited to see where season four takes Static in gear. Yeah, I'm excited for the Carmen Dillo arc. I've I've heard so much about seven episodes of Carmen Dillo as the main villain. I I think I think I read it on a message board somewhere. So I'm I'm excited (laughs) with a special guest appearance by Tusk. (laughs) (laughs) That would blow my mind. (laughs) Well, then, until then, y'all take care of yourselves. And remember that if somebody comes up to you and says the phrase young blood, listen to them. They, they know what they're doing. And if you get a time-traveling remote, go and give yourself some Apple stock that you can only open the day after you time-travel so you don't create a paradox and become rich. <laughs> exactly. We're looking at you, Ebon. <laughs> <laughs>